I met a man He was a good man Sailing and shoring Dancing the beta can-can Making the foreign Ah, oh, yeah Hey, thanks for hanging out. Tune in. This is episode seven of I Hate LA. I'm Scott Yeskel, and today phoning in is Robert Townsend, man. Robert Townsend, an old buddy of mine, he's blowing up. He's on the cover of LA Weekly that came out yesterday. His film, My Indiana Muse, is premiering tonight at the Man's Chinese Theater. I'm so excited. I'm going. I'm going to go check it out. Robert, he talks about how he came upon this collection of old slides that inspired this magical collection of work that has taken the world by storm. I mean, it's incredible what he's done, the massive size of these paintings, the execution of them. We talk about his days here in LA and how he continues to be inspired by this huge collection. I hope you guys love it. There's so much. Just take a listen. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode seven of I Hate LA. Hello. There he is, the man of the hour. Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend. How are you? This is episode seven of I Hate L.A. And a lovely name at that. Well, you know, it gets it gets like the attention. I think it kind of. (laughs) I love it. It's provocative. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're you're from Downey, but you spent you spent a good quality amount of time your years here in L.A. Uh, yeah, all of my life, basically. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm chatting with you now from Arizona, but, um, but only as of recently. So, you know, and I'm still in LA, you know, a good bit of the time. So, well, I knew you yeah. from, well, I, I know you from Sue Greenwood and I, and I, yeah. and, and I know you from the brewery, you know, when I first moved down to LA, I was, I, I just heard that there was these art studios at the brewery. So I don't know, like a month into it, I got like this 2000 square foot space down there uh, to share. And, um, you know, it was okay. <laughs> I kind of like, yeah. it kind of wore, I don't know that I had good days and bad days. I certainly got super hot in the summer and then it didn't quite have the magic and the, and the vibes that I thought it would, but like right. once in a while, you know, like, so how long were you there? Uh, about, I want to say nine years, maybe it was nine? 10. Really? It was about, it was about nine years. Yeah. Nine between nine or 10, um, three different spaces. And I keep forgetting that you were like right across the hall from Dave Lefner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. So yeah. Um, yeah, I moved in there, I think, about 10 years ago now, uh, and I wasn't sure if I was going to dig it. Yeah. But I had met Dave Lefner yeah. um, briefly at the L.A. Art Show, and he had, like, a demo booth there. And I didn't want to bug him, but I was so, like, amazed by his work, and he seemed yeah. like a really nice guy, and he told me he was at the brewery. So a few months later, I ended up, like... Uh, wondering where I was going to move next. I think I was in Downey at the time and, and I saw an ad on Craigslist for like, you know, roommate wanted at the brewery. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's a good way to test it. 
And so I was there with a roommate for like nine months or something like that. And then another space opened up and I took that one. So then I was right next door to Dave and uh, was there for like a couple years and then moved to a different space um, for like six, six years or so. So, yeah. 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 And I remember you telling me that you and we're going to get into all of the juicy stuff with your with your film coming out. And you, meanwhile, you're on the cover of L.A. Weekly that I just saw yesterday. Yeah, so, that's a trip. Man, <laughs> man, the man of the hour. I mean, things are just exploding for you and I'm so happy for you. And, and I remember us chatting many, many years ago, probably 10 years ago. And you were telling me, you know, you kind of taught yourself how to paint and you, you just sort of you spent, well, you didn't sort of, you spent hours and hours and hours honing in on first watercolor, correct? Right. Yeah. Which, which I did exclusively for, I forget now if it was 10 or 15 years, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah. Of just watercolor. And so what I love so much about the film, uh, my Indiana, my Indiana muse directed and right. produced by, now, is Serena Creative uh, like a group of guys? I mean, we're just I'm just going on tangents like crazy here, but like how? No, Ser- Serena Creative is uh, Rick and Jen Serena. So they wow. were the directors of the film. It's a husband, husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also a wonderful group of people that they work with uh, on a lot of different projects. Um, so, yeah, there, um, Duran Trench did... Um, uh, audio and PB and Matt from um, Matt Bowen did uh, the composed the music for this particular piece, and they had done music on other films for Rick and Jen. Well, so, just, um, congratulations, yeah. man! It's so gorgeous. I, it 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 wraps you in immediately. Like one of the first scenes when they juxtapose your photo uh, with uh, that roadside. Um, establishment that had been kind of torn down in disarray and we see you standing in front of it matching up the photo and uh it's an astonishing story from the get-go tell us um those of us those listening who haven't seen the film um you purchased these slides via ebay ebay yeah and is that Um, something that you would typically do or it's something it's something i was doing on occasion Uh and um i had done a handful of paintings from slides over the course of maybe five or six years and before that i was doing paintings from uh black and white uh photos sort of snapshot kind of stuff or even color like almost polaroid kind of stuff and then and then kind of got into doing an occasional painting from a slide and but it was still maybe like once every eight or nine months i would do a painting and then the rest of my body of work was still lifes and roadside americana and that kind of stuff and I was on eBay quite a bit mm-hmm. searching all types of different things, like looking for toys or old kitchen stuff that I might be able to make a still life out or whatever. You know? Oh, okay. Always, always on eBay finding something that I could do a painting of or fit into a painting somehow. And I found uh, a few slides. Um, I think it was maybe six or eight slides that were being sold individually but were all um, one person. 
in the slides. And, and uh, it was this one amazing person. I mean, just visually, she was remarkable. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I guess a middle-aged woman, you mm -hmm. know, seemed in her 40s or, or late 30s or something. And and uh, she had kind of the beehive hairdo and very colorful dresses and always wore heels. Yeah. Which was interesting because it was like, okay, she's standing in the snow in heels. Like, why? You know, if you know you're going to the snow, like, why? But this, yeah. this, was, this was who she was. She was just very, like, festive and colorful and playful and always had an amazing smile. So I bought up, you know, five or six of these first images. And... Uh, the, and I contacted the seller just to see if I could find out anything more, yeah. you know, like what else does she know or whatever. And she didn't really know anything, but she said that she had bought, uh, it came from one collection and she said there was like 30 carousels oh, and wow. she had bought them in an estate sale. And I knew carousels, you know, are like 80, you know, slides per carousel yeah. or a hundred or whatever. So I was kind of thinking like, wow, that's like 3000 images. <laughs> and I tried to get her to let me, come she was in chicago mm -hmm. and i made an offer to like come out there and kind of look through it and see if i could oh you know, my god find so you were all in like from the get-go you were you were yeah, oh yeah yeah no they were so good the images were so good that i was like what is it going to take for me to get to see this collection and she wasn't having any of that and so she just told me like well don't worry i'm gonna post some more images you know uh -huh. over the next few weeks or whatever and she posted like five more and i bought those and oh then, you know, but I was like, well, 3000, like this is going to go forever, you know, yeah. and I just wanted to see the collection. But in the meanwhile, I kind of let that go because she wasn't letting me pursue mm. it any further. And I started a painting uh, of the first image of of this woman. And uh, so which and, but, I was but this this is a random seller, basically, that. It basically purchased or inherited the estate. This isn't the 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 right. This is just random. Okay. She, she she bought it at an estate sale. Okay. And so I guess with the intention of just piecemeal selling it, you know, at a couple bucks a pop on eBay. Okay. And which nobody seemed to be really interested in except me. And, <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, so I did the. I did, I started a painting. I did one painting yeah. and then I kind of went back to my normal, you know, my usual body of work. Cause I yes. wanted to see if that one painting would get yes. good response or whatever. And, uh, that one sold. Uh -huh. And, um, and then I started the next painting and then I was like, okay, well, you know, I should take another look. By then it'd been almost a year since I bought the first slides. So Helen has so, this bouffant hairdo. She's wearing these colorful Hawaiian kind of 1950s mumus and, and and suits and and she has these glasses and she has these big the rosy cheeks and yeah, yeah, and yeah. and uh, her husband and I mean just describe some of these scenes. I mean you're getting on these Pan Am um, jetliners and in uh, a luau in Hawaii and in front of these wonderful motels and roadside attractions. I mean, it is just something out of a, a fantasy. Yeah, it, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's almost like it was set up for a movie or something. Um, I like these images are like a photo shoot or something. Right. But they weren't, they were like these people's actual lives. And you know, I'm 
just kind of astonished that these are like real people. Yeah. Um, the images are amazing. They, they were kind of jet setters, which was really interesting because, mm-hmm. uh, uh you kind of have to piece together what you think a history of something is, even though you don't have it. And uh-huh. so what I, what I'm figuring out is like, okay, they're from the suburbs of Chicago in Indiana. Right. These are normal in, folk. These, these are, are normal folk. Uh-huh. And this is, this is the 1960s and seventies. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, well, you know, don't most people in that period of time, especially in the Midwest kind of like raise families yeah. and just live that kind of normal life. <laughs> maybe, and, maybe, you know, it, it, once it, a year, maybe a vacation, but certainly there, there's so much material there. So it was just this treasure trove. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. It was just like, so they're, so they're traveling, they're traveling all the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, so here once I, eventually I, I did convince the, the e a seller to sell me the whole collection. Uh-huh. So I got the whole collection and 3,000 images, and um, I found that they were in Hawaii, I don't know how many times, a bunch of times, mm-hmm. which again, in the 60s, really, right. you're flying from Indiana to Hawaii repeatedly. It's like right. one of those things most most people I would think would be like, yeah, we we got to go to Hawaii once, you know, sure. it's like a lucky kind of thing. Yeah. But they were there like all the time, mm-hmm. and... Um, they were in Texas. They were in Arizona. They were in New Mexico. They were in uh, Canada. They were in Ireland. I mean, it was just like, you know, so you're getting this picture of Americana, you know, of them road tripping and jet setting. And they're always dressed for it. And, and even at home, they were amazing because there's tons of pictures of them in their backyard in Indiana. And and they're still having luau's, like dressed in. <laughs> she always insisted that her and Roy wore matching colors at the minimum, if not matching fabric. Right. So she made uh, all their outfits, and and so there's all these pictures of them, sort of like runway modeling, like you know, pictures of themselves with the same, you know, she's got the dress and he's got the shirt, that's a Hawaiian fabric or whatever. Um, and even if it wasn't the same fabric uh they were wearing you know at four corners they're both wearing pink and white you know it's just like this is and and he doesn't look at all like this is you know like he's being forced this is he's into it it's so a, it's just a dream it reminded me so much of my grandparents on my dad's side um a little bit of a socioeconomic uh difference they were, they were from the east coast but the, you know, even the meatloaf my grandmother presented had the fancy garnish, the lamb chops maybe on a Friday night, the way that they would have uh, the barbecue in the backyard, the table setting, the way they dressed, the way they traveled, uh, the white pants, the white shoes, the glasses, the, the hairspray. <laughs> right? Uh, I love all of it. And, and it was just this era, the greatest generation, you know, these men um, and women, you know, uh, they, they fought the greatest war. They lived through America's uh, ideally most prosperous time. And and they just went for it as far as style and um, their pizzazz and lust for life. It was just an era that us as visual people are also fascinated with. And the film is so poignant on so many levels. The randomness gives you chills because you're you're just brought to these people in such a I don't know such a random but such a it, it just seems like it was all just meant to be and and the spirit is there um yeah and and you you say 
you're right. I think she's teaching me a lesson uh, to appreciate life. And I don't know. You seem like a blue collar guy. I mean, you seem. Well, first of all, you're the hard. <laughs> you, you've, you're the hardest working artist I've, I've ever met. You put in these twelve hour days. Um, I don't. How, where did you get that work ethic? Like, how, how do you? Where did that come from? That must have came from something. Um. You know, I'm not sure exactly. I think, I think it was just I'm, I'm so enamored with the idea of being an artist, like getting to do mm-hmm. your creative thing for a living. Yeah, and it's nearly impossible. I mean, how how many people get to do you know painting for a living? It's like how many people get to be an athlete for a living yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, it's just so rare that it seems like you have to put in if you really want it that bad, you have to put in that many hours, is what it feels like. And so I worked in my twenties and thirties, I was working day jobs. So I delivered medical records. I delivered TVs for Best Buy. I worked at a shipyard for like five years. Yeah. And those jobs were always like, you have to show up or else you don't get paid and it's hourly pay. And you know, I often worked overtime or two gigs And, um, so when I got the opportunity to start selling some paintings, like, you know, Mm -hmm. to actual collectors, um, I had no knowledge of the art world and no idea like how it all worked. I'd never gone to galleries. I didn't know how you find galleries or get into galleries or, or how to find collectors or anything like that. I didn't know anything. I grew up in the suburbs and I was just completely unaware of all that. And I was working at a shipyard and I met the artist Kenton Nelson. I'm not sure Uh, if you know him, but he's, yeah, he's in Pasadena and he's actually been, I think sort of a mentor slash hero to a lot of artists of my age, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, and not that he's even that much older than me, but just, you know, he was already doing it. Mm -hmm. And so a friend of mine introduced us and Kenton was like, yeah, I think you could sell your work. And, um, he introduced me to a couple people and then, um, he basically, you know, I was so like wide eyed, like, you know, what can I learn from this guy? And really, I think I only had three or four conversations with him when I was starting out, but that's what got me started. And the thing that he told me was, you know, don't ever wait for your muse. Never, never, never. You go into the studio at 6am because I was kind of picking his brain like, well, how do you work? You know, Uh how often do you work? How many pains do you do? All that kind of stuff. And he's like, well, you go in at 6 a.m. and you don't leave until 6 p.m. You paint every day. And if you can't think of anything to paint, you go in and you sharpen uh, pencils mm-hmm. until until you figure it out. Like You just go in, you paint and then mm-hmm. uh, eventually, you know, it's going to start to click. And sometimes it isn't going to click. Sometimes you're just painting, but your brain is still picking up on things. You're still getting better at your craft or you're still figuring out what you're into just by sitting there at the easel and painting and so that kind of work ethic that he told me inspired me like well this guy's making it as an artist he's Mm -hmm. a living working full-time artist i'm going to follow what his advice is and and within i think six months after that i was able to give up my day job uh Mm because i sold a few paintings and started working with a couple galleries and you know from there it was always just like that's just what you do and um yeah the the work begets the work you know there's no uh, there's no such thing as this just divine inspiration you have to work and, and and the the inspiration comes from the work the discovery the the daily routine of working that's how you discover well it 
I will say at least for me, yes. I yeah. mean, I don't I don't want to say I've heard stories of other kinds of inspiration mm -hmm. and you know, I've heard about um I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Mark Rothko Mm -hmm. was the exact opposite that he would just go chill out and like stare at a blank canvas for weeks until it dawned on him what was supposed to happen. <laughs> and once, and once he had that vision, then he would like go over there and, and make mm, it yeah. happen. You know, I don't know if that's true, but it makes sense to me that that's another way of doing it. I can certainly see, especially with, with maybe that type of work, like a Rothko or Rauschenberg, right. I could see you sitting around the studio looking at a bunch of stuff and kind of wondering how it's all supposed to piece together. I, I, I understand there's other ways to do the work. For me, no, it was yeah. very much well, like you just you just stick to it yeah. and keep doing your craft, and then it'll start to just build on itself. Well, you're the so. opposite of an abstract expressionist. You are uh, a technical photorealist, and I have I just have, I have a couple technical painting questions for you just because you know I'm a painter and I'm kind yeah, of yeah right um, I know that you're <laughs> so, I know that you're self taught and the discipline involved for just sitting there for hours upon hours to teach to teach yourself how to mix these colors is blows my mind but when you start these images on these enormous panels how large are these paintings by the way. Uh, the biggest ones are right now are six foot by nine foot. So it's like a mural. It's, so mean, I've done, yeah, I've done, I guess, maybe four that uh -huh. size of, of Helen. And then the other, even the smallest ones, I think, are about seven feet wide. So between seven and nine feet. And you plan on doing 50? No, I plan on doing 100. Jeez, all right. Yeah, when, when, I first, <laughs> when I first looked through the slide collection, I pulled out 30, and I thought, this is amazing. I was, like, dancing in the aisles, you know. I was like, oh, my gosh, because that's, like, five, six years of work, which I thought was just, sure. like, the, 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 you know, the most amazing idea. And um, then a few months later, I took a second look at the collection and was like, wait a minute, how did I miss all these? And I pulled oh. out another 30 or 40. Oh, I know. And then I, and then I went back a, another six months after that and found another 20 or so. And then there's a few images later on, um, Helen's niece, Cheryl, who I got to know, mm -hmm. and she shared with me a lot of the stories of, of Helen and Roy's life. Um, she had a big collection of black and white photos from Helen and Roy's earlier years of their life. And so there's some of those oh, photos wow. that I want to use for those will be smaller paintings, but I want to fill in the gaps of kind of telling a full story of somebody's life. Cause Helen right. is so extraordinary that I'm like, you know, there's one picture of her when she's three years old and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how, I mean, how wonderful to be able to tell uh, a story wow. from somebody from their three to their 60 or so, you know? Oh my God. So, uh, stop yourself. Oh, like, I can't even keep up. Like, so how long? Yeah, I'm <laughs> how, yeah. um, I hate when people ask me this question, but how long do they take you? Because <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, the, the like the three the the six by nine uh, is about about three months. Yeah, about three months. Yeah, it's it, you know it depends on how much detail is in there. It can be two and a half months. I think it was like seventeen, sixteen, no, fourteen, fourteen weeks. I think for 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 the big Hawaii one. Um, so give or take. Yeah. So you can't, you, 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 as an artist, you know, you can't be 
result oriented. You have to be in love with the process. And and as we were just saying, you know, you have to go into the studio and just just work and just hash things out. So there's no way that this was ever planned. How did this all come come to be with the film and this the momentum now is just it's just phenomenal. I, did they contact you after seeing a couple of these paintings or No, no, actually what happened was um when I got the 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 entire slide collection mm-hmm. I was so excited because I really thought like, okay, 3,000 images, this is probably a lifetime of work for me. I mean, because even if there's 20 or 30 in there, it's going to be many years of painting. So um, when I was looking through the collection, pulling slides out that I thought could be cool paintings, I came across one slide that um, this woman who I was calling Kay at the time, just Mm -hmm. randomly because, you know, a friend of mine, is her name is Kay, so I was naming it after her. And the K character and her husband were wearing name tags uh, in the slide. Yeah. And so it turns out that their names were Helen and Roy. And um, the reason they were wearing name tags, which is amazing, is they were on the Diamond Head game show with Bob <laughs> Eubanks in Hawaii. From ni- 1975, they shot this this game show from January to July, it was only a six month show. It totally bombed out. Uh-huh. Um, but I love Bob Eubanks. I don't know about you, but like I grew up watching all of his yeah, shows. Like, of course. He's the best. Right. So, um, so apparently Roy was on the game show. He won a mattress and which I hear later, uh, Helen and Roy sold that mattress or gave it away or something. <laughs> um, but anyway, so then I was able to piece together who they really were and found uh, Cheryl, who was executor of their estate mm-hmm. because they had passed on. Mm-hmm. And from there, then I was kind of like, okay, this is this is getting to be really interesting and fun and yeah. exciting. And, and now I'm learning about these people's actual lives rather than just pictures of their lives. Um, and that's when I thought, oh my gosh, I need to reach out to somebody that can maybe document this, you know, cinematically. And so Dave Lefner, uh, mm-hmm. there's a, a, a beautiful um, short film about Dave that Rick had uh, created maybe eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I had met Rick and Jen uh, just briefly, you know, seven or eight years ago and, and hadn't seen them since. But I reached out to Dave and I said, hey, this is this story is kind of building up to be something really kind of magical, you know, and if I write it down, could we just send this off to Rick and see if, you know, he could kind of point me in the direction of somebody who might want to document this on, you know, oh, wow. in, yeah. in film. And so Rick got back to me and said, yeah, I, I hold on a second. I'm really interested in this story. And then, you know, it kind of turned into like, even then we didn't know where it would go because I hadn't met Helen's niece yet. Yeah. So we weren't sure, like, would she be interested? And are, you know, are we going to document these paintings? Or are we going to, so in the end it, it just kept unfolding yeah. And Rick and I got to go out to Highland, Indiana, which was Helen and Roy's home their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And Helen lived to be 93. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a full history of a, of a rich, beautiful life. And um, so we got to go out there and actually see the house and, and, you know, film in the house that they lived in that they had custom built for them. Um, and it's just and a story of discovery and it's, it's just a, it just keeps unfolding. Yeah, yeah. And there's such a genuine, um, curiosity to it all that is just, it's just so magical and it's so intriguing and it, it's oddly, um, 
it it mimics an eBay search a bit, and and that was the the thing that I felt kind of fascinating. I, I never really bought anything on eBay, but that that part of the story is fascinating because it's sort of this anonymous way to tap into somebody's collection, um, right? And and that's the way it all started. I just thought that was sort of fascinating. It's uh, a whole world unto itself, isn't it? That yeah. Thing? And yeah. then you could just go down this hole, you know, this, uh, yeah. Yeah. This path. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, eBay is like dangerous. You'll, you'll, you'll be on it all day if you get on there. Yeah. I've yeah. heard. I try to stay yeah. away. Yeah. And so how did they, you know, so the momentum has been astonishing. How do you get into all these film festivals and win all these awards and, and just, just things have just happened or? You know, just happened. I mean, yeah. we, we honestly, and we're only getting started in the yeah. sense that we just premiered the film two months ago. So um, oh, okay. we we had no idea. Uh, uh, I, did, I wasn't involved in anything to do with, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was just there for filming. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not, you know, involved in like, PR okay, now man. what, now what happened yeah. to the film or whatever. Right. So, so Rick, um, told me that they were going to be entering film festivals and that was kind of the neck, the first stage of like releasing the film. And then hopefully you get picked up for distribution or something along the way. So, um, so he entered a bunch of film festivals and I still don't know all the festivals he entered. I'm not really sure. He told me a few of them. Um, but his idea was kind of like, well, we don't even know. Nobody knows if their film's going to get accepted to a festival. And then yeah. we just started getting accepted to a lot of festivals and had really good luck. And then we were so lucky being from LA. Uh, we, we actually premiered at the Santa Barbara international film festival, which is amazing. Cause then everybody from LA was able to be up there and, uh, mm-hmm. then Helen's nieces were able to be up there and, um, so, and then we went on to other festivals and, uh, I think we've done seven or eight now, but we're only a couple months into it and waiting to hear back from a bunch of other festivals. And so let's, let's see where it goes, you know, from here, but obviously, you know, hoping that it, that it can reach a, a wider audience. I'm getting emails all the time from people saying like, Oh my gosh, I've seen the trailer and mm-hmm. I want to see the film. Where can we see it? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, unless you're in LA or Palm Springs or something, you know, so do we know festivals? Yeah. So do we know where people could see it yet, or is it still? No. I yeah. mean, you, basically, what you can do is people can just check myindianamuse dot com, mm-hmm. uh, and Rick and Jen are updating. You know, as we get into festivals or there's news from the press or anything like that, mm-hmm. um, then it goes on there. And so, you know, uh, like this coming weekend, we have a bunch. We have four festivals starting today, but. Uh, it's going to be in New York in May and then we're just waiting to hear back from, you know, other festivals. And so, yeah, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it tonight. Uh, yes. Man's Chinese, right? Is that, that sounds so fancy. Well, it's funny, you know, if you've been in LA for a while, we call it man's Chinese, man's Chinese. I don't know what it actually is now. It's, it's, but it's at the Chinese theaters. Okay. Uh, I forget what the technical, what the actual name of it now is, but it's at the Chinese theaters uh, for the Beverly Hills Film Festival, uh-huh. uh, Ho- Hollywood and Highland tonight, and uh, so yeah, which is it's already sold out, so that's a good thing as well. Oh yeah, no, it has such wide appeal, and it's it, it just grabs you from from the first couple seconds because 
it has um, this mystique and it's just, it, she's so relatable, Helen, and you just want to hug her and hang out with her and chat it up with Roy and just see what they've been up to. It's just, uh, they're just, they're just incredible. And I totally and, do. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm glad everybody's relating to it. And for me, I love that, that the film is not, um, it's story driven, you yeah. know, it's like, you can't really say it's about me, even though, right. Well, you know, I'm kind of the one that kind of sought out the slides and all that kind of stuff. And my paintings are profiled a good bit in the film. So a lot of it's about me. But, you know, obviously she's the muse, you know, so it's a lot about Helen. But then it's about Cheryl a lot mm-hmm. and getting to know her and her stories about, you know, her aunt. And so mm-hmm. it's a little bit of like an art film about art and painting. And then it's a little bit about mid-century Americana. It's a little mm-hmm. bit about family. And and people connecting. And uh, that's the story I'm getting after a lot of the screenings. I'm getting emails and people coming mm-hmm. up to me and everybody's crying. And yeah. they're connecting to like, that was my grandma, that was mm-hmm. my aunt, that was exactly. my mom that I love so much. And so it's not so much like just about painting as it is about the idea of connecting and family and, you know. All that kind of stuff. So it's it's, a, it's a kind of a family film, really. Yeah, it is so relatable on those levels. But the, I, no, I I don't think you're doing yourself enough justice. The crux <laughs> that brings the film together, that whole that binds the film together, is your incredible paintings. I mean, these paintings, and I've seen them in real life. I've seen them, you know, online. It's they are incredible they're they're brilliant they're so well executed they have the perfect sheen to them they're i don't know how you do them i i, I mean i i kind of well know. enough I, already i kind of <laughs> no i kind of know how you do it actually but i just yeah of course it's, it's so it's so astonishing to me that you do do them and that you execute them so well and that's really the heart and soul of the uh, of the whole project is the quality of work and I'm just amazed by them, and and everybody is. I mean, it's well. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, uh, if they were crappy paintings, it would still be probably kind of a cute story. But you know, it's just right. ugh, it's just the work, and you're doing them justice by creating such powerful and incredible work. And I know that they would be blown away by them. Uh, to well, say thank the you least. so much. I I hope I'm doing them justice. You are. Let's put it that way. They're certainly worthy of. Of my best stuff. They are. I mean, and it's that, just that's how inspiring they are to me. And it's just so. a great collaboration due to that. You know, and, yeah, it, yeah. and it's just this random, just magical collaboration that would have never have happened. But it did. Well, and then and then, you know, the magic of the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't have asked for better filmmakers yeah. to, to to bring this all to life for the cinema, you know. So you know, I guess, you know, we'll talk about the paintings or the quality of the paintings, whatever. And I'll talk about how great Helen and Roy were. But if you're going to see it on film, you're going to be amazed by how, you know, astonishing filmmakers Rick and Jen are. And the music is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. So it just goes on and on. It's like a circle of, you know, just kind of good luck, I guess. You know, just all of us coming together. and Yeah. It's just off each other. when you know you hit on something. It's just yeah. at all. So these paintings are exclusively at Altamira Gallery at both locations? Yeah, yeah, both locations. Okay, mm-hmm. ja- is it Jackson or Jackson Hole? Yeah, it's Jackson Hole. Well, it's either or. Okay. Uh, it's Jackson, know. Wyoming, and Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. And I have a show coming up in a couple weeks, a solo show in Scottsdale. And there will be a few 
few Helen paintings there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then in the summer in August, there'll be a show at Altamira in Jackson and there'll be a few Helens there. So I'm not sure which Helens will be there, but I'm working on more Helens for that show. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. And then to find out more information on the film, go to myindianamuse.com. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's right. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be posting information on um, the, the where Any to see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, they're clamoring at the bid. They want to see it. So uh, let's, I don't know, let's, let's. Hopefully, uh, the the broader release. I mean, do they for for a short film is is there broad release or something like on Vimeo or or anything that they do eventually or well, you know, to... hopefully streaming on t on TV somewhere. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not the expert on any of this, but although it's a short film, it's actually more of a medium length, mm -hmm. and um, some of the festivals that we've been into uh, actually have you considered it a feature um so it's right on the cusp of like you know some festivals consider it a short film if it's under 45 minutes which we're at 44 minutes okay and then other festivals consider it a feature if it's over 40 minutes and oh, wow. so in, and so we've been in the feature competition for some of the festivals so um so 44 minutes is kind of set up where it can be in a one hour slot on television. Yeah. Uh, and certainly there's a lot of streaming out there for 45 minute kind of documentaries. Um, so that's a, that's an option I'm sure. But again, I'm not the expert. No, yeah, I know you, so, you guys have only yeah. started and congrats on, on all the success. I mean, I, I'm so proud of you, buddy. It's been, thank you. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, people say they're proud and I'm like, of what i'm just so lucky but thank you i mean nonetheless thank you so much well, yeah well it's just it's it's just so charming you even feel that way and it's it's just you put in all the work and it's just uh, yeah i'm just so stoked for you it's just great it's just awesome well and i really look forward to seeing it tonight thanks it's it's been an exciting couple of years and i'm so glad that people are really you know resonating with the whole helen thing so you know the whole story seems to be connecting um, all right. I conclude every podcast with, with your perfect day in LA. Do you still have one? Could you uh, perfect day in LA. I mean, honestly, I can throw a few things out there. Now I'm going to miss a few things, obviously, but let's just throw a couple things out there. Uh, I'm going to go bowling with, uh, my friends, Doug and Denise. Yeah. And, uh, that's on, on brand. I like it so far. Yeah. We're going to, and it's a little bit, not LA, but it's, it's a little bit on the cusp of LA. It's actually Westminster lanes is my favorite oh, place to go. Yeah. Okay. I so, know. you know, Doug and Denise are going to, we're going to go there and then we're going to go to lunch at Polly's burgers and get a burger and, and a slice of pie. Nice. Uh, then I'm going to chill out a little bit, maybe take a dip. If it's summertime, I'm going to swim a little bit. And uh, then I'm going to go into L.A. And uh, my buddy Charles and I, and maybe a few others, we're going to go grab pizza at Follieros in Highland Park. Oh. And, and, you know, if I can start the day up there, too, I'm going to go to Donut Star in Highland Park for a donut for breakfast. So, um, right. And then, you know, probably go catch a, a documentary or something over at Laneways in Pasadena. Okay. So we'll need a helicopter. But other, other yeah, but than you that. know, I've done all that in one day. <laughs> yeah, I know we all have, <laughs> and it's a good one. Yeah, you know, that's, that's L.A. If you live in L.A., you're right. used to going like 40 miles in one direction, then 40 in the other. So, 
That's LA. Dude, you're the best. All, all, all the best to you, and, and, and congrats, and I'll text you later. Thanks for Thank doing this. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. All right, man. Robert Townsend. Uh, the film is called My Indiana Muse, directed and produced by Serena Creative. Uh, you can find out more information at myindianamuse.com. And then, of course, to view Robert's incredible artwork at Altamir Gallery, both at both locations, Jackson or Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and Scottsdale, Arizona. And that about, that about does it. 